0: triple b adventures podcast get the buck
1: outside good day everyone and welcome to gold star stories a new bonus series we are starting with uh, triple b adventures podcast Gold Star Stories is going to focus on wives and family members telling their stories of lost loved ones who served in the military fighting for our freedom. Uh, We will talk today about the heroic journey and stories through the eyes of their family. Today's story is going to begin with Lieutenant Commander Landon Jones of the U.S. Navy, who sadly lost his life in a helicopter accident on September 22, 2013 in the Red Sea, Today joining us is his lovely wife, Teresa. Hi, Teresa. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Of course. So before we get started and hear your story, I wanted to talk about a little bit how we met. Can you talk about that event that we met at, Active Valor?
0: Right. So Active Valor is a great nonprofit out here in San Diego. Uh, I have two little boys and they are, um, they, you know, participate in, in this foundation, which has veterans as sort of mentors to these kids, and we have uh, different adventures every few months. Uh, Perry and Jamie, who run the foundation, are fantastic. And, and so, we had
1: Perry last week, or two weeks ago on the show. Yeah, great,
0: great people. And, it, and the foundation serves a uh, a very missing piece um, for these kids, and, and so... Um, They're awesome. And, you know, you kind of become like a family. So at this event, uh, we were welcoming home two of the veteran mentors who had decided to run across the country to raise awareness for PTSD and, um, you know, the 22, uh, 22 veterans taking their lives every day by suicide. And mm. so, yeah, that's where we met.
1: That's so interesting. Now, question: uh, I know Nathan is a part of Active Valor. Do you have to be a vet to mentor these children of the Gold Star families?
0: I think that that's something that they prefer. Uh, okay. You know, what I really love about Active Valor is, you know, it, if my husband were still alive, you know, a lot of these skills that these veterans possess or things that they would he'd be teaching my my children. And so, you know, you have these these veterans who are kind of picking up where these, you know, parents, you know, left off, um, it, which is really, it's, it's a great, and that you're still kind of part of that. You have that camaraderie, that military camaraderie, which it's hard to get in other places. And, Absolutely. and they pair you with a mentor who, you know, sometimes if they can has a similar job role that maybe the, the parent who had passed away
1: had, um, it's kind of like a big brother. Yeah. And do they do, do you only see your mentor with your boys? Do you have one for both of them or one for each? Well, I, you
0: know, initially when we had joined, my youngest was four years old. And oh. so their first adventure was a land navigation course out in Warner Springs. So oh, it was a lot of hiking them. and everything. And I just didn't think as a four-year-old he'd be able to keep up mm. with the pack. So he just kind of hung out. Um, us as the, the Gold Star wives, we all just... Sit around and hang out. Perry and Jamie make a fantastic spread for us. It's just a very relaxing event for us.
1: That's my kind of right. Nav- yeah. <laughs> Land navigation, coffee, mimosas. You know, what and, the heck? and
0: then you get to sit and bond with these people. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just you know, as kind of veterans, are able to get together and and they understand. It's it's easy for them to talk to other veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same with us. I mean, we know what each other has gone through, so there's like an instant you know, camaraderie that is formed among us, a bond that's formed among us. So it's good
1: for you as well as the boys.
0: Absolutely. And you know that they're out having fun and and they're doing things. And so my youngest, um, I, you know, kind of held him back. But now with some of these, the ones that they just recently had, uh, which was a field day thing, which was fantastic. My youngest really wanted to get involved in and he's five now. And so uh, I talked to Perry about, having him team up with somebody and he can have his
1: own mentor. Okay. So Anthony is the one that has the mentor yes. now and not Hunter. Right, right. Got it. Oh, okay. Yeah. The um, Nathan went to the last one and it was a field like little, it, uh, he called it like family reunion games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, look, I saw the pictures. It looks so fun. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, well, I, I'm so glad we got to talk a little bit about Active Valor. That's such an important organization, and uh, Perry's so great. He, mm-hmm. he we, we went to the last barbecue for it out in um, Escondido. Escondido. That was so, it was hot, but it was really fun. <laughs> great. Um, great, yeah, so that's where we met, and I got to hear Teresa's amazing story about her husband and her family, and uh, let's just get into it. Teresa, how did you two meet? Well, first of all, you're from Maryland, Correct. Correct. And uh, I believe you guys met in college. Yes, we did. Yeah, uh, let's start there.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know I was going to school in Baltimore, and he was at the uh, Naval Academy. So we were both seniors in college, and I was out at a bar with friends in Annapolis celebrating my 21st birthday. And So we had mutual <laughs> friends. My friend was dating uh, someone in his company, so we got introduced, and, and that's how we met was that night. Um, oh, wow. Well, love at first sight. Uh, I don't know. Can you call it that? I, mean, I don't so, know. I, I don't know. After you have some, um, so, oh gosh, I don't even know what they're called anymore with Guinness where you're dropping the, uh, Oh, they're junk.
1: called car bombs. Yeah. Irish yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know
0: if that's considered love at first sight, you know, but, uh, yeah. So he, you know, called me a few days later and, uh, you know, we would hang out as much as we both could as seniors in college. Um, and then, you know, Fast forward, and he's—we're both graduating from college. Um, I was—it was funny because I ended up about two weeks before graduating from college, donated a kidney to my father. Uh, that is so, amazing. <laughs> that
1: just gives me chills just hearing that. I—you I, just told me this recently, and i can I can't—I can't tell you how awesome that
0: is. <laughs> so, but I remember being in the hospital. it must have been a
1: hard recovery.
0: It wasn't, it was laparoscopic, so... Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, and I was 21, yeah, so... I was going to say, yeah, you Yeah, you're home. young. So when he visited me in the hospital, uh, you know, I, I thought that if he still wanted to date me after seeing me like that, you know, he was probably in it to win it, so <laughs> he did, and uh, we, you know, we both graduated from college in 2001, okay. and he was... Oh my
1: gosh, yeah. Okay, So was he, a big year.
0: Yeah, so he was kind of doing a stash job at the Naval Academy, and, and I was... Um, you know, I had my career, I was working for Northrop Grumman, and that's, September 11th happened, Ugh. and, you know, that was big. That was so big he
1: graduated thing. from Annapolis? Yes. So he went into the Navy as an officer? Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, yes. continue.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so we, you know, he went off to flight school to mm. become a helicopter pilot. Where? Uh, so he went to Pensacola first. Ah, okay. And it was Pensacola, Corpus. Got I got I We got engaged when he was in Corpus Christi. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, after a lovely dinner at the Olive Garden, so it oh, was very... Hey. <laughs> I like the olive garden. I <laughs> so I was definitely, you know, very young, 22. Yeah. and um, yeah. so Did you follow him to Florida? Um? No, I stayed and I was working my job. Okay. And then we got married in September of 2003. Mm-hmm. And at that point he was stationed in Coronado. And so I ended up moving from Maryland out to Coronado. And so we lived here for about four months and then we went to Japan Oh, Japan. Yeah, so we we're stationed in Japan what for a three culture years. culture change! Oh yeah, it was it was a shock, but it was great. It was I some of the the best three years of my life. It was difficult. They were forward deployed, so they were gone a lot. Mm. But you make friends with everybody. Yeah, um, all I'm, the military people they become your family. Right, right. You're in this. Foreign. So
1: you live on base when you're in Japan. Yeah,
0: you. I mean, most people do. Do yeah. yeah I the would option, think that. Yeah,
1: and so, the food.
0: Yeah, you know, I took more advantage of Tokyo being a very international city, so I would go to the Brazilian steakhouse oh, or the yeah. Korean, you know, steakhouse right. or anything like that. I think I've acquired more of a taste for Japanese food, um, and there's certain things that I really like there, uh, but a lot just wasn't my my flavor, my taste. So, so do
1: you like sushi? I do. Oh, okay. I do. Yeah, I do. but it's it's different over there. I know. It's not just like, oh, the California roll. No. It's like super fish, like cut right in front of you, still moving. Right. Really kind of gnarly. <laughs> right. Yeah, now I, I get that.
0: Yeah. So, it was, yeah, we had a great time over there, and uh, I ended up getting, you know, pregnant with our oldest, Anthony, oh. about... A couple months before we were leaving there.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. And so that, this is in Japan. And mm-hmm. then from there, you went?
0: We went to Milton, Florida, which oh, okay. is outside Pensacola. And he was an instructor, helicopter training instructor out there. So, you know, ha- ended up having Anthony out there in 2007, July of 2007. Oh, wow. And we were there for three years. And Did you like it there? Um, I... Did because I had great friends yeah. who were there.
1: Yeah, I keep hearing that you have a family everywhere you're stationed, and I think that's amazing. I'm so right. glad that you had that because when you're away from your family and all these places you have to move in the military, it must be so tough.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could be, you know, stationed under a bridge, and if I had good people around me, then that matter. would be great. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, that's so, wonderful.
1: I like to hear that.
0: Yeah. So with Milton, I mean, it was it, there's just not a whole lot going on mm-hmm. in the Florida Panhandle. Oh, uh, just just heat, <laughs> just a lot of heat. So,
1: yeah, so sticky we, heat. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so we had great
0: friends, and it was a good tour. My husband flew a lot, and he was awarded, uh, one of the years that we were there, um, Instructor of the Year, Um, not only for the helicopter Mm -hmm. training, but also for the training wing, um, like navy wide. So it was Sinatra's Instructor of the Year. Right,
1: yeah, I read that he um, won a few awards. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely amazing, and it sounds like that was his passion, was to become... A pilot of some sort, whether it was for helicopters or whatever, right? But it was that his dream from the very beginning was yes. to become a pilot. Yeah, from okay, from as a child. As a ch- yes, mm, that's yeah, amazing. That's what he wanted to do. So but that's amazing. Yeah. so so this uh, okay. So you're uh, in Florida, mm-hmm. and then after that.
0: So and after that, we came out here to Coronado again, just for a brief, you yeah. know, five six months for him to train on a new platform, mm. and then we moved to Jacksonville, Florida, and we lived there for about a year and a half. Oh my goodness! And did a um, seven month deployment there, and you know, it was a good tour. We had a lot of friends. Jacksonville's a very spread out city, is it? Mm-hmm. Mm. But it was a very. It, we had a good time. You know, we moved onto a street with a bunch of Navy families and immediately they're inviting you over to watch, you know, at the time, like Army Wives was a show that was on. So it was like Sunday night, come over, watch Army Wives, hang out, or we'd have like pizza nights and things like that. And again, immediately just people, you know, envelop you. And 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 Anthony
1: was a baby, right?
0: He was almost three when we moved there. Okay. And so so there's kids on the street and. Yeah,
1: playing and mm -hmm. that's great.
0: So we moved there, and then, you know, we were there only for about a year and a half. We thought we'd be there a little bit longer, and uh, we ended up getting orders to move back to Coronado, mm-hmm. and so we moved here in January of 2012.
1: Oh, wow, and you've been here, obviously, ever since. Ever this since. where... hmm So tell me about... Uh... After you moved here to Coronado and what happened then?
0: So after we moved here, uh, you know, my husband was gone for a little bit on RIMPAC. They have that exercise out near Hawaii um, Mm. every two years. So, you know, we were kind of dealing with that, moving into this house. Uh, Anthony was four. We moved here, turning five. And, you know, also at this time, we knew that we had this big deployment that was coming up Mm. and he would be gone. It was going to be a, you know, a 10-month deployment. It was going to be a really long one, which is the longest deployment, you know, we had ever done. So we, you know, we were sort of prepping for that. And then also, you know, we wanted to have another baby and, and we had been trying for some time. And so, you know, all this kind of was coming to a head and, you know, we had gotten to, you know, with my husband, like kind of in and out before leaving on this deployment and, and me getting older. And we had sort of decided, well, you know, if you, if I don't get pregnant at this time, like we have a healthy son, he's great, he's wonderful. And, and, you know, maybe that's just what we have and. That's fine. That's okay. Uh, yeah, because we're moving every, you know, we move six times in 10 years. So oh, I so tough. towards the end, I'm like moving baby stuff around and everything. And it gets kind of annoying. You're storing it. And mm-hmm. um, so I ended up in fall of 2012 finding out I was pregnant and uh, was very excited. And so when my husband left for that deployment in January of 2013, I was 16 weeks pregnant.
1: Oh, wow. That must have been tough to have him go right when you're starting your pregnancy.
0: (laughs) Right. And then just knowing, um, you know, he wouldn't be there for the birth, knowing that I would have to take care of two kids by myself. And, you know, it was a little intimidating. And I knew what it was like having the first one and then having to have a second one, Mm. but do it alone, you know, without, you know, my husband's help. Mm. So, you know, I remember when I dropped him off for deployment, he just, we thought it was going to be a girl. And he's like, take care of her. And... Um, even though we both wanted boy, like we wanted a boy, but for some reason we thought it would be girl. And so, you know, he left in January of 2013. He was the officer, the officer in charge of a detachment on a military supply ship. Mm -hmm. So he was leaving. He was taking a crew of 30 out on this ship and they were leaving in January, but the rest of the squadron was leaving on the carrier in April.
1: And most of these people, if I'm right on this, were civilians, correct? On the ship, yes, there's all yes. civilians. Oh, so he, so he was one of the few military in charge. So, how, right, how did he like that?
0: He loved it. I mean, okay. he was he was the highest ranking military person, and that's not what he loved about right. it. But he liked that he was able to do things the way that he wanted to do them. Right, and he worked really well with the ship's, um, you know, captain or whatever he mm-hmm. called him. and um, they, he just he enjoyed it. And they were out there kind of doing their own thing for three months before. Mm-hmm. The carrier ended up leaving and so he he had got nothing but good emails from him and and he loved to fly and they were getting flying done and you know just doing resupply stuff and uh yeah so they got to visit a couple different port calls during that time so the helicopter was mainly
1: for supplies
0: right so they would um you know pick up stuff in different ports you know bring to the ships and and things like that and um, or fly it off the supply ship to different ships in the area.
1: Yeah. Um, and for those of you who want to know, it was an MH-60S Nighthawk. Is that correct? Correct. Or he flew? Okay. Just right. putting that out there. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. So he, uh, it sounds like he had a great um, relationship with his crew, with uh, the people under him. Sounds like he was a really good guy. Yeah. Uh, had a good heart, it sounds like. Yeah. Hard worker. Yes. So he was out there doing that. And I'm sorry, you said his deployment was eight months? Ten. Oh, ten. It's going to be yes. ten. I don't know why I thought eight.
0: Not um, It was about a nine to ten well, appointment. Well, you're pregnant,
1: so that makes sense. Nine months duh. Yeah.
0: Okay. okay. So continue. <laughs> yeah. So he was out there, and then that July, I ended up giving birth to Hunter, Aww. our youngest. Hunter. And yeah, so it was kind of a weird thing. I'm I'm emailing him like, "Hey, I'm going to the hospital," and and he ended up calling, and um, you know, he's on the phone for the birth, and then we hang up, and it's just weird because you know you're like. Yeah. I, it, it was just a weird thing. You just hang up and I'm like, okay, I have this baby. and You know, I, I, it was so bizarre. And I remember emailing him like, D- are you going to work the rest of the day? Yeah. Like, 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 I mean. You just had a baby. like, What's going like, on? Like, right. Yeah. Like we have another child. Tri- like yeah. you have another dependent now. Yeah. You know, you have another family member. And, and he's like, yeah, it's so weird. And you know how he just went on with the rest of his day, which it is just so bizarre to mm-hmm. me. But that's what, so many military women have to do, you know, military wives and things like that, and families. That's just but what you had not gone
1: through it yet because he was here for Anthony, right? So that must have been. I can't imagine what that's like, just being alone and oh, hey, here's your kid, and I'll see you later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, bye. I know. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know. I'm like sending pictures. <laughs> yes. I'm like, so this is what he looks yes, like. and I can't imagine that he's yours. <laughs> and yeah. So when you get home, we're gonna have like an extra family member. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my in-laws had been in town and they were helping oh, with that's the so boys, great. Um, but they had been in town for two weeks leading up to it I ended up going over by a week and so they had
1: to kind of wrap it up a little Mm -hmm. bit they had to get back yeah so I come home from
0: the hospital and then the next day they packed up and left
1: oh my gosh so So you're alone with a little boy and a newborn yeah (laughs) yeah so my did you have any help like, with all of your friends, like, with the with You know, friends community? would stop by yeah. and friends would
0: help. Yeah. or, um, But it's, you know, there's the time where you really need the help is, you know, they can't nurse the baby for me. No, they and cannot. they're not really going to be there in the middle of the night, nope. you know, for those feedings. And so oh, they come by night. and hold or bring food by or things like that. Food um, is good. I like Right. That. <laughs> <laughs> and then some of my friends, they would take Anthony out, cause, you know, and go oh, yeah, take him cute. to go do fun things. Because other than that, we were stuck inside. You know, it was really hard to... To manage a six-year-old's activities on on top of having a newborn. So they would uh, do that. But, you know, it's one of those things where uh, for me, kind of how I always dealt with deployments and stuff, I'd have a pity party for about, you know, maybe a day if that. And then it's like, all right, buck up. Mm -hmm. You know, you, this is you, you have to take care of this. And that's kind of what I did. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't pretty at times and it wasn't easy. And I was very frustrated at times, but That's, you know, who else was going to do it? No, you you don't
1: have a choice as being a mom. Mm -hmm. You have to just do it. No, you don't have time to be sad or tired. You just have to freaking buck up and do it. I get it. Right. Yeah. So they left and here you are. Right. With the babies.
0: Yeah. So I have them and we ended up, you know, kind of making it through the summer. And then my oldest started first grade. So
1: that, that was good a little bit.
0: Right. So that end of that August and he started first grade. And during this time, you know, in kindergarten, he was... Uh, five and a half when my husband left for deployment and so he had started learning how to read so they would email each other and oh, I, I set that. up yeah an email account for him and he would you know they would email back and forth and he was you know really excited they were getting ready to come home in a couple months and I'm here trying to you know <laughs> like once I got the all clear to start exercising I was like trying to I was back on the treadmill oh, you know because I was like my husband's coming home like oh. I don't want him to come home to not this like slovenly you know like Whatever the way I looked like every other day, um, and so, you know, he was we started first grade, and um, that in the net following month in September, you know, my in laws were coming down to visit the baby. They hadn't seen him since he was born, and so they came down that weekend because there's a car show on North Island that they used to have, you know, for like ten years. I had it every year, and they haven't had it recently. So they came and and there were kind of grumblings that weekend. This deployment was sort of all over the place because Syria had started acting up. And so that was kind of changing because they were out in that area. So this was shifting schedules and, you know, there's lots of rumors going around. And I remember, you know, writing my husband, um, you know, kind of forwarding him some emails I was seeing. He's like, yeah, this is, he's like, I don't know what's going on, but it's, you know, not looking great in right. terms of coming home you know we were hoping that he would be home at the beginning of october right and, it and
1: was, what he was it was operation
0: enduring freedom correct yes that's mm-hmm. what they were a part of right. so um so i was going on with that you know with my in-laws coming into town that weekend mm. i was going out to dinner with friends it was my first adult night out because oh, our must have been nice oh yeah our wedding anniversary our 10-year wedding anniversary was coming up Aww. and we had some other friends who had anniversaries around the same time so a friend of mine who was um, here and her husband was still here, so took uh, me and another friend out. Her husband was also deployed with mine. And we went out to dinner and mm. brought, you know, they brought me flowers, which my husband had told him was my favorite. Mm. And, yeah, so that night, so the night of September 21st, you know, we went out to dinner and everything. It was a great night. And then the the morning, September 22nd, which was Sunday morning, um, I woke up and I was nursing hunter and I would always whenever I'd wake up to nurse him early it was like six in the morning I would scroll through my emails and stuff and I had an email from Landon because we were off you know he's in the middle of the Red Sea and right. so our time was off he's like a day ahead yeah yes of course so I was you know responded to an email from him and then I go on Facebook to read through that and I see a um an article posted by the Nimitz which is the carrier that the rest of our squadron was attached to, okay. and it had posted a, um, a link from an official Navy website that said helicopter crashes in the Red Sea.
1: So you found this out through social media. Yeah, your first <laughs> inkling of something is wrong. Right. That yeah. must have been so, amazingly difficult.
0: Yeah, I clicked on the article, and it was like slow motion, and <laughs> I, I just I couldn't believe what I was reading, and it said that you know the helicopter was from my husband's squadron. And immediately I'm um, emailing my husband, are you okay? Are you okay? Knowing that he probably is not going to write back. Because right. when stuff like this happens, they shut down all communication. Um, and then texting friends and our CEO, exo's wife, ombudsman, anybody know what's going on? And n- nobody had any clue. And so that morning, um, and Anthony had come in my room and I was on the phone with a friend. And I was talking to her and saying you know, well, I I have his number. Should I call him? What if he doesn't answer? And, you know, we were talking about this, but I was trying to make him unaware, like not let him know what we were talking about. So I get off the phone with my friend and and he goes, is dad dead? (laughs) I'm just like, what are you talking about? No, he's not dead. Children are so
1: intuitive. Oh
0: yeah. And I, and he's like, well, you said if he doesn't pick up, I'm like, no, I mean, he might be busy or, you know, whatever. So he had um, Sunday school that morning. And so I, uh, text our friends and tell them what's going on. I'm like, can you take him to Sunday school? You know, I figure out what's going on. And they said, sure. So they took him. My in-laws were packing up to go home that evening and I show them this article and I, you know, I tell them like, I don't know what's going on, but something's up and I just don't know what yet. We're like, okay. And you know, we all kind of go about our, our business and you know, over the next few hours, my father-in-law takes my husband's cars out to drive. Cause I don't know how to drive a stick. So he does that. And I'm sitting at the kitchen counter and I was texting with, you know, my friend, the one who I'd gone out to dinner with the night before. And, and, you know, she's like, well, it says they were attached to the Nimitz. Lena's not attached to the Nimitz. It's probably not him. And I was thinking at this point, well, it's already on the internet, number one. Mm -hmm. So usually families are notified before things are on the internet. And then number two, um, it had been four hours at this point since I had read it online. So I'm like, you know, if they're posting it online and everything, and it's been four hours, like that family's probably already been notified. So, sitting at the counter, and my father-in-law comes in, asks me if I had any, heard anything else, and I told him no. And then the doorbell rang.
1: Oh my so, god!
0: Yeah, and so I four hours, and that's mm-hmm. when it. Oh yeah, my gosh. so I and I had really at this point had convinced myself like that it, it was wasn't him. him, it wasn't him. Did and, your heart
1: drop when you heard that door? Yeah. And so
0: I just, you know, I looked at my father-in-law. I was like, why is my doorbell ringing? Oh, my god! And I go and look in the peephole, and there was three naval officers standing there and oh. their SDBs. And oh. you immediately know that's what, you know. you know, that's what it is. And so I, you know, screaming, started screaming, like, no, 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 and, oh. you know, kind of dropped to the floor. And my father-in-law comes in, runs in, you know, is, like, picking me up off the floor, like, bringing me over of to the course. couch. Uh, you know, he opens the door for them. My mother-in-law comes running down the stairs screaming like, what's going on? What's oh going my on? gosh.
1: Not only is it you, but it's your, um, in-laws that are there mm. to witness this, right. this, uh, emotion right. of these people coming right. to your door and their son.
0: I mean, this is it's their, their son. son. It's
1: their son. And they just happened to be in town mm-hmm. when all of this happened. I mean, yeah. what, how, right. so, no words for that. You know, at
0: that point, they tell me that there was a mishap, and my husband was still considered missing. They a mishap. Were, mm-hmm. They said, uh, I asked what happened, they said a wave came and hit the helicopters, had been on a flight deck.
1: Think about how big that wave is to push over a $35 million vessel.
0: That was chocked and chained to the exactly. deck Exactly. I was just going helicopter. to say that. It broke, <laughs> I mean, de- yeah. it
1: broke the chains, I read.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, and it wasn't, it, it, you know, it was a wave, it was water, but it was a lot more than that and in the way that it hit um, the helicopter I mean the rotor blades were still spinning because they were getting ready to take off again it was just a quick hop and so because the water hit the rotor blades and it broke the rotor blades and then you have this humongous engine that is completely off balance it literally is like a washing machine yeah Um, Wow. so yeah I mean the helicopter broke in half it broke free from the chains it broke in half it it blew the the doors off the doors were found on the doors that were locked were found on the deck um oh gosh. and yeah it went overboard with both pilots still strapped into, into their the seats sea. mm-hmm. so and it sunk It sunk, sunk like a rock yeah oh and they said goodness. uh because the doors had come off because they practice you know egressing from helicopter right. helicopter all the time um they go in these dunk tanks and and they have air bottles as well oh, and okay. so which can give them air for a couple minutes and so they said because they, um, the doors were off and everything. There was no, they could have easily gotten out of the helicopter that they were likely incapacitated Meaning when they went they in the water.
1: they hit their head or they were unconscious. Probably. like, oh. Before. Okay.
0: Um, and, and from what I had heard from kind of eyewitness and then reading, I read every single, um, you know, like report that, that everybody had written who was a witness and everything. And it just sounded like, I mean, they were just shaken. Like, I'm, it was like they were inside of a washing, washing machine. machine. Yes, yeah, I remember
1: you telling me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds like they were just probably just whipped and knocked out.
0: Yeah. I mean, my husband's helmet was found floating in the water. So, oh, I mean, his oh. helmet was off. Oh,
1: I did. Oh, wasn't.
0: Yeah, and um just ripped right off. Yeah. And the other um pilot, I mean, they found stuff on the flight deck that's in there their vests that they wear and stuff that's kind of tucked in there pretty good and everything. I mean, they just found that stuff all over it. was, it was a pretty, they were tossed. Yeah. They were, they were tossed around pretty good. Um, so, you know, at this point though, they came to my house and they told me that he was still missing. Mm. And, um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a hunter sleeping on a baby monitor and, and it, it, you're, I had friends, I remember them coming, running in the gate. Cause there's this, you know, kind of a form that you fill out when you check into a squadron and it says, and they keep them sealed, um, you know, while you're in the squadron and then they destroy them if they never need to open them. But it says who you want to be there. Who do you want called? Do you want a chaplain? All these sorts of things.
1: And you're like, I can't think right now. Yeah. So, I mean, they have
0: this form, so they're calling people during that time. So my friends come rushing in and, and they're there with me. I uh, text the people who take in Anthony to Sunday school because their son was my, you know, Anthony's best friend. And, like, just keep him. Can you please keep him? Landon is missing. And I don't want him to come here (sighs) until I know what is going on until I have something to tell him. Keep him busy. Yeah. And so they did. And, you know, basically it was that whole day. It was just a vigil at my house. I mean, my poor in-laws are praying and, you know, just up in their room on their hands and knees praying and, and, and same with me. And I, I'm like, it's my worst nightmare. It was my worst nightmare. And I didn't know. I'm like, I have a, a newborn baby and I have a six-year-old who's going to be devastated and I am devastated. And What do I do? Yeah. I had no... I Yeah. I remember I was just at a loss, okay. just at a complete loss. And so, you know, we kind of go through the night. I didn't sleep at all. Friends, you know, stayed at my house. And then, you know, when, when they had come that day, I said, you know, I already read about this on Facebook. And you know, they're like, well, that shouldn't be happening. And, and, you know, if, if they call off the search or if we find him, you'll hear from, you know, you'll hear from us first, that won't happen again. So then the next morning I was up and drinking coffee and with a, a friend was in the kitchen with me and I'm scrolling through Facebook again. And I see a friend had posted a link to like a Navy article that
1: said, um, search called off social media again, you found out mm-hmm, yeah. that is insane. Yeah.
0: So I posted a comment under there yeah. and I was like, thanks. I didn't know what the heck. Yeah. And so I, I turn and I look at my friend and I'm like, he's
1: dead. Oh and my gosh.
0: she's like, how do you know? And I just turn the iPad around and I show her. That's insane. Twice. And uh, yeah, I you know, found out through there. That's that. How, how, what was, what were you feeling? Just, I mean, I knew like in my heart. I, I think I just knew that they wouldn't if I, it, logically, if, if they were going to find them, they, it's not like they were out flying in the middle of the water and they crashed. Nobody would know. It happened right by the ship. They saw it. They saw, everybody saw it. Yeah. So I figured if they, they would be by the ship, people would know. You know It's yeah. not like they were, would be floating off you know like no. castaways somewhere. Like right. it was right there. Everybody saw where it happened. Everybody yeah. saw where it went overboard. So oh. I think in my heart just and, and logically, I knew that they weren't going to find them. And so I go upstairs and I tell my in-laws like he's dead and they're like, how do you know? Or, or, you know, are the the officers back? And I was like, no. And I showed them the article and it was about another 45 minutes before they came to my house. Mm. Um, to let me know and knock,
1: knock, knock on that door. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, I was
0: nursing Hunter and, and they, you know, they show up and I tell my friends, I'm like, tell them just to wait. Like yes. I'm going to, I already know. And they, you know, they come walking back into the room cause they wouldn't like listen to my friend and they come walking back there. And I was like, go, I was like, I already know I'll be yeah. out there in a minute.
1: Let me nurse my child. Mm-hmm. Oh, bless So heart.
0: I go out to the couch and it's, you know, the Navy regrets to inform you and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I just remember looking at them and, and just asking him over and over, like, what do I do? What do I do? And, and it, and it wasn't really about the paperwork or, you know, all these things that I was going to have to take care of logistics wise. It was, what do I do? Yeah. Like, yes. what do I do with my life? Yes. Like, what am I, I'm 33, oh. you know, I'm now a widow with two children, you know, what am I supposed to do? And, and that was, it was, it was tough. I mean, it was, I, it was very dark. It was a very dark time. Of and, course. um, I, you know, I look back on that and I think like, I don't know how I, I stayed sane during that. Um, I, I had a great support system, a phenomenal, with you know, military uh, people were in and out of my house all the time, whatever. I didn't have to lift a finger for anything. They were helping with the baby, um, helping with my son, with Anthony, um, keeping him busy. I had a cooler outside of my house, just food. people would just drop food in it all the time it's and it's amazing um, wh- One of the big things that really helped was that I had gotten a note on my doorstep from someone who lived just a few blocks away from me and you know she's like you know I, I know what you, you're going through if you ever want to talk I'm here and, and left her phone number and so my friends because they were kind of filtering all this stuff for me and they're like this woman left a card and um, and so with the name I recognized the name and I'm like, where do I know her from And so nine years prior when we were living in Japan, um, an S3 had crashed into a mountain and our, you know, squadron was out there, like out deployed and they did the recovery of the remains of that. And I remember that happening and I had been married not even a year yet. And it really affecting me because I'm like, this stuff happens. Like right. this stuff
1: it was your first, uh, yeah. A situation where you saw loss. Right. Right. Um, and I'm like, these
0: women, they have kids, they have babies yes. and you know, I remember I, I, I donated money to their memorial fund and I, I still have the article printed out from that crash. Mm. It really affected me. And so, and so this woman was one of the widows from that crash. And she reached out to you. She did. And so she came to my house probably like two or three days after my husband was killed. And she sat down with me in my living room. And I just remember because I had so many friends and they were all supportive and great. Mm but I'm I'm like, you don't know what this feels like. Like you're, you're telling me I'm going to be okay. And this is going to be okay. But But you still have your, you have your husband right here. You don't know. And, and and, this woman did. And she did. And she sat down and it was the most reassuring Mm. conversation. I mean, I still felt horrible and everything, but I'm like, I I can get there. Like if she can get there, I can get there. It's just going to take some time. And just having that person there with me, um, who knew exactly what it felt like was, was incredibly reassuring. And, And moving on from that, I mean, I would, she's like, hey, do you want to come over? you want to chat? And she would just, you know, Anthony would be in school and I could bring the baby over and we could just sit and I could vent and, you know, and all of these things that I think about and concerns and stuff. And, you know, I'm looking at her, her son was just a baby when her husband was killed. And he, at that time, I think he was like in fourth or fifth grade and doing great. And he was amazing. And, um, and so I was like, okay, like my kids aren't going to be drug addicts or like alcoholics, or something, you know, you, you, you look at this time, this tragedy. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times that's when, you know, I watched intervention a lot growing (laughs) up and that's when it turns, you know, and and that was a big thing for me. It was like, I just wanted to make sure they still stayed normal. And you know, that, that yeah, this happened, but you know, we could still go on and lead a great life.
1: Of course. Oh wow. That, uh, I, I can't imagine I bet that she is the one that helped you through it the most. Like you said, you had all of your friends here. They gave you the best support that they could, but just sitting down with someone and that had the same experience you did must've probably was a little bit of a turning of a corner for you. Yes. As far as everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. And that, you know, and then you kind of get to know a couple more other gold stars who's been through that. And, and, it was so great having them and having the ability just to talk to them and ask them whatever. Cause you know, you do, you have these questions and they're a little dark and it's hard for maybe other people to answer them. Or, you know, I just remember um, talking to one of my friends, you know, a married friend um, and just saying to her, like, if I was hit by a bus right now, I'd be okay. You know, yes. I, I can't imagine like life seems so dark. I can't imagine living the next 50 years like this and her looking at me like oh my gosh, maybe you should be committed. No, maybe we should, but, you know. But, but sometimes but, you just need to say that and right, not, yeah. But I, I could say that to another widow and they're like, yeah, I know. I, get I totally it. get it. And knowing that I'm not, you know, understanding that I'm not really going to like walk out in front of a bus or no, whatever.
1: But sometimes you just need to say things like that and just no judgment. Right. Oh, that's good. That and you're I deal
0: with it. stuff with humor, with like like a lot of humor and sarcasm. Mm-hmm. And and luckily my friends knew that about me. And, you know, we would, um, so, you know, so, Five days after he was killed was our 10-year wedding anniversary.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: And so people were worried, like, oh, my gosh, are there going to be flowers that we have to intercept at her house or everything like that. And I'm just, like, laughing. I'm like, he's not sending me flowers. Like, don't you know? You know, he was kind of a frugal guy. I was like, I already got flowers last week. Like, I'm not getting flowers again. And, and you know, we could kind of laugh or we would go um, – So they were having... The squadron was coming back. So my husband's detachment was coming back in November. And they... Because they were... At this point, there was like a a limit, um, like a DOD limit on these deployments. Like they could only be gone for 10 months. So my husband's detachment, they came back at the beginning of November. And they were kind of coming back in waves from um, Italy. Oh. And so they were coming back, you know, like at the commercial... Or like, you know, at San Diego Airport. So I didn't end up going and welcoming them back because I wasn't at a point really where I could do that. And, um, it was really late at night and I, you know, I have these two kids and, you know, baby, whatever, who needs me like every hour on the hour, it felt mm-hmm. like. Um, and so, but in December, in the middle of December is when, the rest of the command was coming back on the carrier. So they would have the big fly-in off the carrier, fly in the hangar, you know, all the families are there, and you get to run out to the flight line and give them hugs and all that kind of stuff. Um, One of my other friends in the squadron, she gave birth about a month after I did. And so, you know, she was there with her baby. Her husband was going to meet her baby for the first time. Mm. And, you know, the command had welcomed us, said, you know, you're more than welcome to come to this fly-in. Obviously, we understand if you don't want to, you know. And... The other widow, she opted not to go, and, and I decided to go because, I, like, I, I had no closure. Like, they never got their bodies back, so the bodies didn't get to come back. No, no, they never recovered them. So they're still at sea. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh and my that's goodness. you
0: know, at, in the navy, it's burial at
1: sea. Like it's a it's a very appropriate thing, you know. But which could be hard for you for closure because oh, there's yeah. nothing tangible to say goodbye to. No,
0: no, you got you know, I got shipments of his sea bags back and you know, things came back in like two different shipments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got his stuff back, but, but that's not the same, right? Right. Right. As him. And so I decided to go to, um, the fly-in cause I was just kind of grasping at straws, like looking for that closure. Of course. And you know, I went and my two friends, like two of my husband's friends were like, glued to my side you know making oh, sure that good. I was okay good and you know I watched this fly in. I watched this dad meet his baby for the first time which is something that I had always been thinking about you know leading up like after I had Hunter and everything like oh my gosh this is gonna be so amazing when we get to have Landon meet him and um you know it was probably like totally emotional cutting like just going there but I was trying to do something and um and that was you know it was hard but it was Good to kind of see. Um,
1: did it? Was it? Was it good for you? I'm wondering that. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. Now that you're talking about it, like, do you? Are you glad you went or are you like, God? Did it, it just didn't do anything for me? Uh,
0: yeah, you know, I it, it was hard, and but at of that course. time I felt because I was so familiar with that. In Japan, we would have these fly ins all the time because they would go on like three deployments a year. Mm. So you're always doing this, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is probably the last time I'll ever do this, and it was you know, kind of always one of my favorite things about, you know, being married to a helicopter pilot. And yeah, so it, it it was tough, but I I don't think it offered that closure that I was looking for. Yeah, And I, you know, I think it just took time. And I I remember, you know, a few months later, my in-laws were visiting again and my husband's sea bags I left packed in our guest room for months and you know whenever you get their sea bags back off the ship it always smells like fuel and whenever you would come home I'm like all right we need to get this stuff and wash <laughs> it stinks right. like let's go and for me like that smell was so familiar that I just I didn't have the heart to wash everything yet no. or anything like I was you know, I was like this is the last time i were ever going to smell you know this this you know smell of this ship and so everything was still in the guest room they were you know they had come and I asked my mother-in-law I'm like can you help me with this like I can't I can't do this. I can't unpack it. And so she sat there with me and I, and I watched her um, unpack his sea bag and, you know, fold everything neatly. And I, I'm looking at this one. And I have two sons as well. And I'm just thinking, what is this like for her? Absolutely. You know, when she folded her son's baby clothes, you know, mm-hmm. 35 years ago, did right. she ever think that she would be folding his adult clothes for, you know, the last time to, to, put them away for good, you know? And I just felt in my heart, like such love and respect for this woman's strength to do this. Cause I don't know if it were one of my kids, I I don't even know how I would deal with that. I don't, you know, yes, I lost my (laughs) husband, but I mean, this is, this is her son. And, um, you know, there was just all of these steps along the way that we just had to get through And and it was, it was tough. Uh, it was, it was dark and it was, it was really sad. And I cried every day for a year, for the first year and looking, you know, Anthony, he, so that day when, when we found out that he wasn't coming back, I went and picked him up from school early
1: mm.
0: and my in-laws were still there. And so you know, I, I picked him up from school and, and my, with my friends and we get him in the car and get him home. And he's like, why are these flowers here? Why are all these people here? I'm like, let's go upstairs, you know, grandma, grandpa, you know, we need to talk to you. And we sit him down and, and I'm like, how do I tell this kid? Oh. Like, how do I tell him that his best friend, his dad is, is not coming back? And remind um, everyone, how old was he at this time? Six. Okay. He was six. And so we sat down and, and I just, I just said to him, I was like, you know, when you heard me on the phone yesterday about your dad not answering, and he's like, he's dead, isn't he? Oh my gosh. I was like, he is, buddy. And he just starts screaming, I want him alive, I want him alive, and he's crying, and and he's like, Hunter never even got to meet him, and just crying and sobbing. And and you know, I'm so thankful that my in-laws were there to support me in telling him this and 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 to help offer support to him as well. And then just after a few minutes, he just looks and he's like, can I go now? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And then he goes and plays Legos. And I'm like, Kids are so amazing and <laughs> right?
1: resilient. I know.
0: Wow. And I'm just like, are you okay? Yeah. You know, and I didn't know. I kind of kept checking in with him. And, you know, all these organizations will send you things like these grief workbooks and stuff like that. And, you know, I would go through these things with him. And I'm sitting on the couch like sobbing. And he's like. Can we not do this? Because I think for him, like it was hard. It was hard for him to see See, me cry. Yes, and and you go through the pain. Yeah, and he, you know, he. um, And for me, I was like, I need to keep it together in front of this kid. Like I want him to know it's okay to be sad and upset. But he needs to, like, his life is thrown upside down. Like he needs to see like stability. Like mom's got it together because he is already seeing like mom with baby you know, single momming it before was not doing so hot at times. And so now he needed to see like, she has it together,
1: um, and not only people have to remember. Not only are you going through grief, but you're going through new mommy hormones. Oh yeah, like total postpartum everything. You're so you are quadrupled with feelings and hormones. Yeah, on top of having to p- keep it together as a mom. Yeah, for your son and your baby. So yeah. kudos to you. That is an absolute hardest job I think anyone can ever go through, and you did it beautifully. Your <laughs> sons are amazing. Lost twenty
0: pounds, which was also lovely. Oh, like I love you. Did really? Of, I did. I lost like. The baby weight and then some came off like I in those bet. first few months. Cause it's like, you know, I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do anything, so. but I knew I also had to feed this child. So I was doing my best and friends would just shove water and food in front of me. They're like, you're not getting up until you eat that. Yeah. Cause um, you have to breastfeed. Yeah. And you
1: could have lost your milk. Yeah. That's e- very, very um, easily could have happened. Oh gosh. Yeah. Good for you.
0: So, but yeah, going forward, I mean, and, and, and I just wanted them to see like, you know, it was, it was tough and I'm so glad he was at school during some of that time frame. but you know, my goal ultimately was in it at the time. Um, one of my good friends who we'd been stationed with before, she was, um, an author and she wrote books and stuff and she was, uh, um, wrote articles like military themed articles for this newspaper out in Maine and that was published, um, I think on military.com as well. And so she's like, this may seem bad for me to ask you this, but would you mind writing an article about, you know, your loss right now? And this is literally a couple of days after I lost Landon. And she's like, I feel like a jerk. I'm like, no, not at all. And, and I did. And I, I'm so glad that I did at that time because I can see where I was at that point. And, and one of the things that I had written was like, you know, I have enough love for all of us. And, mm-hmm. and that was a hard thing to, um, You know, I said it, did did I believe it at times? You know, I was unsure because, you know, you're supposed to have a mom and a dad and, and kids. And, you know, I didn't know how much I could provide for them by myself. And, but I knew I just, I just knew that I would do my best. Like I would, I would work my butt off to make sure that they never felt this loss any more than they had to. And just going forward, that has always been my goal. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself at that time, but just as the years go forward, I'm like, I can do this. Like I,
1: You're doing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got this, girl. Yeah. So, oh, my
1: gosh. So uh, looking back at writing that article, did it help you? Was it therapeutic? It sounds like that's exactly what you needed to do. It might have been hard, mm-hmm. but yeah. it sounds like that was what you needed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was. And I, I had heard that because the article was published, uh, I think, maybe – 6 days or so after he was killed and I had heard that they read it over the loudspeaker on the ship that he was killed on um but yeah it was it was it was good to sit down and get that stuff on paper and at during that time you know I would write a lot of things down and uh, which I look back on I'm like oh my gosh I don't you 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 look at that mental state that you were in at that time frame and it's was like man I'm so glad that I am not there anymore, and and I'm proud of how far, you know,
1: I've been able to come since then. And where is this article? Can we get a link to it? I can put it up. So uh, attached to this episode, everyone, we're going to have pictures posted, links to this article, and little tidbits of information about uh, Teresa's story here. So yeah. go on. Yeah.
0: So um, we have that, and then you mentioned the picture. So the red, sea, the picture, the hunter story. Oh, with... <laughs> this is great. When I
1: actually first met Teresa, this was the story that we 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 met. I don't know how it how did it come up. I don't know.
0: I don't know. But
1: uh, <laughs> we met, and this story came up about him, and it just gave me chills and goosebumps to my core, and uh, it's really interesting. I don't want to leave Anthony out because. I know a lot of people talk about Hunter. Hunter is the youngest and he looks exactly like your yeah. husband yeah. uh, uh, from the pictures that I've seen. And I don't want to leave Anthony out because Anthony is just as important and he looks just like his dad as well. But there's just something very interesting about Hunter because Hunter, unfortunately, didn't get to meet his dad. Right. So there's this weird aspect, not weird, that's not the right <laughs> word, uh, interesting aspect that Hunter holds um, that is the spirit of your husband yeah. it really is I mean how he ho- carries himself the things he says mm-hmm. he's truly landed. yeah from what I've heard from you yeah. things I've read things I've seen yes. through pictures so this story was um pretty amazing and I'm gonna let you tell it
0: yeah so um I've, back in June uh we had friends who had just moved here from Japan so my my son's best friend who they were the ones who took Anthony, that day that Landon was killed, um, you know, they, after a few months after he was killed, they got stationed in Japan for four years. So they just moved back and lived two blocks away from us. So we're super excited. Uh, I was off volunteering uh, for one of the foundations that I'm involved in. And, she, you know, the, the mom, my friend Emily, was watching the boys. So I go to pick the boys up and she has a big world map laying on the ground. She's in the midst of unpacking all their boxes and stuff. So there's this big world map on the ground. Um, it's like four feet wide. It's huge. It's a wall map. And they mark on there every place that they've traveled to. And they hang it in their son's room. And so I see Hunter over there with a pencil next to this map. Ugh. And I'm like, don't you draw on that map? And and he had the eraser end of the pencil, like, towards the map. And, you know, Emily's, she's like, well, he's not drawing on it. It's just the eraser. And he's fine. And, and he's like, I'm not going to draw on it. And then, you know, Emily and I are talking a little bit more. And then we hear I hear Hunter saying, like, this is my home. This is where I live. This is my home, and I look over, thinking, number one, he's talking about the United States, and then number two, I see that he has the pencil. He's drawing on the map, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Don't draw the map. I know, like, don't draw the map." And I was like, "Let's go. We gotta go. Like, you're ruining stuff. Like, yeah. They just got their goods, and I tell my friend, I'm like, if he has messed that up, please let me know. Like, I'll replace it. You know, whatever. She's like, I'm sure it's fine." So I didn't look at the map, I didn't see anything. I just grabbed him and we got out of there before he ruined something else. Mm-hmm. And boys. Yeah, right? <laughs> and so we get home and you know, get him to bed or whatever. And it's like ten o'clock that night, I get a text from my friend, and she's like, I am freaking out. You don't even wanna know, like, where he drew on the map. And I was like, show me. And she sends me a picture. And Hunter drew right in the middle of the Red Sea. Or like right oh. where, like, I ended up when I saw it where he drew on the Red Sea, I like whipped out my husband's DD thirteen hundred because yeah. who doesn't have that lying around like a casualty <laughs> report or whatever you know, and um and I used to actually have it hanging on my fridge because it was so much easier because I always had to make copies of it all the time so people come over and it's like oh here's like the kids artwork and like a casualty report you oh, know gosh. like hanging on the fridge whatever <laughs> it's like this is my life you know it's, I would yeah. I would kind of laugh at like the absurdity of hey you know whatever this is my life yeah exactly um. So I, I, it has the coordinates on there. So I plug in the coordinates on, like, Google Maps and have it where, you know, Hunter drew on the map. And it's, like, very close. Like, okay. very close. and That's amazing. Yeah. And, and the
1: way Hunter drew, it looks like rotor blades. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. And, and this picture, by the way, will be posted under the link to this podcast. It's, I, I, it's uncanny. Not only where he drew in the Red Sea, it's exactly where yeah. your husband died. Yeah. Yeah, and... And, it's, and the picture looks like a helicopter. Yeah. Like, like if you were looking at, like, rotor blades from, spinning from above. Like from, that's like, what, a bird's eye view. Yeah. Exactly. It's... A, 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 that story shook me to my core. So I was
0: like, out of this whole entire map, map this huge yes. map, he could have scribbled anywhere uh-huh. on this map, and that's where he... Like, he can't read. He no. doesn't know. He's like, five, like, right? yeah, yeah, he's five. Yeah. He has no idea
1: where this is, and then that's exactly where he drew, like, right in that spot in the Red Sea. The, and then he kept saying, "This is my home." This yeah, is, that is see, okay, guys. If you don't believe in anything, <laughs> you're gonna believe in that. I mean, that's insane.
0: Yeah, it was. It was kind of one of those. You know, a lot of like widows will talk. They'll have these things they call godwinks. and you know, you have these things that happen that just seem a little too bizarre. Like a little, it's not just coincidence. Um, and that you guys call have, it godwinks? Is yeah, that a military call them, like, thing? Uh, not a military oh. thing. I think just uh, it's a, a term that oh, a lot okay. of people. I've never use. Heard yeah. That. So. Um, that is like one of those things where i'm like this is this is not a coincidence he did not know like you know especially in relation to how big this map was the red sea is a very small part of it i know and he yeah he just drew right in there no
1: it's very small it's a it's like a little sliver between saudi arabia and yemen it's like this yeah. little it's it's not big it's not like yeah, yeah, you have to really look for it. Yeah, yeah, and so for him to draw right there is pretty oh, crazy. So, that, so that was the story of how we met, <laughs> right?
0: And, and there are love... times where he said things, and I'm like, "Is your dad here right now?" Yeah, that's another like, thing. Are like, he are you... wants to
1: be a helicopter pilot, yeah. and he didn't even know. Yeah,
0: no, he just he's he, you know, I've never. When I was growing up, I was never like so adamant about what I wanted to do at such a young age. I mean, I went through, like I wanted to be a nun for a while and then I wanted to be like an accountant and I wanted to be a mechanic, Mm -hmm. like all these, you know, pediatrician, like I was all over the place. It was never so adamant. He at four, you know, starting at four years old was like, I want to fly. I want to be in the sky. I want to be up there. Every time he sees a plane, helicopter, a crane, anything, like he just wants to be In the air. Which is exactly how Landon felt. Yeah. Landon, at six years old, had drawn a picture of a jet, I think it was like an F 14 or something, Uh on the deck of the Kitty Hawk. And my mother in law kept it. And the Kitty Hawk was the first aircraft carrier he was stationed on when we were in Japan. Right. So. This kid, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's gonna kill me! And I'm trying, like, let's be an accountant. How yeah. about like? Work? So was
1: his dad military? Landon's dad. His dad, yeah, he was okay. army. He was
0: an MP in Vietnam, so oh. he was in the army for oh, four wow. years. Okay. But it wasn't like he came from a huge military background or anything like that. He just knew that he wanted to fly. Um, you know, his parents didn't have a lot of money, so if he wanted to go to college, like he had to get it paid for somehow. Mm-hmm. So he ended up, um, you know, visiting like the Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, things like that, and. Uh, decided to go to the naval academy. He had to go to a prep school. He was very smart, but he just needed, a, you know, a couple months of prep school before he got in, and he ended up going there. Wow! Yeah,
1: and it sounds like Hunter's going to follow in his footsteps. Oh, God. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Maybe I can, like, work that account. Maybe a drone pilot. Like, maybe <laughs> yeah. I could get that. I just, you know, I, I often ask my mother-in-law, I'm like, how did you send... Because they're from here in California. Right. I'm like, how did you send your kid all the way to college, all the way across the country, and him going in the military? And weren't you scared? And she's like, it's what he wanted to do. Yeah. You know? You just had to support him. It's what he wanted to do. And so, you know, that is what I have to do. And it scares me because, you know, it's not, there are times where you think, well, you had this one tragedy. Like... I got my check in the box, you know mm-hmm. that thing. But that that's not the case. Like we're not mm-hmm. entitled to living these easy lives, and and it's not because we had this one tragedy that that's it. Like I, I'm good, you know, and so that you no, know, I, I do worry, but I try not to think about him. Like if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do, and
1: you know, I, I just have to accept it. Right. So so, what advice would you give to uh, any type of gold star family recently? Before, now, in the future, what what advice would you like to give them?
0: You know, I I believe in you know, and it was something that took me some time to learn is is using your tragedy and turning it into something good. You know, it, instead of looking at the void that your spouse left, how can you fill that? Like what what good can you make of this? Um, and what can you learn about yourself in that process? I am a different person than I was five years ago right. and I've changed, um, in many ways. Like I told you, I was training for a marathon right now for Marine Corps marathon. That's amazing. That's not anything that I would have ever done five years ago, but I'm like, why not? You yeah. know, you learn to appreciate life and, and to take advantage of the opportunities in life so much more. So that's what I would say. And I, I would also say that it, it gets better like time, you know, it's not going to heal all the wounds, but it's going to make things better. And you learn a lot. And if you can take these lessons, like I've learned some hard lessons along the way, um, over the past five years, but if you look at them as, okay, well, you know, that sucked. So here's my lesson for this. And, you know, moving forward, I won't either make that same mistake or, you know, whatever the case may be, excuse me, but it's trying to just not fall into that victim mentality because it's so easy. It's so easy to be like, well, X, Y, and Z happened because my husband died or blah, 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 because my husband died. It's like, no, that's not the case. Like, you know, X, Y, and Z happened because it happened and there you go. So I, you know, for me, I ended up, you know, when I was finally at a point where I could volunteering, getting involved with different foundations, um, also, even just speaking to other widows, when I was able to offer that support, because it can be draining, because you course. know, like it can be emotionally draining, I was able to do that when, you know, if a widow ever reaches out or, or you know, if I hear something and I've made friends with um, a lot of Gold Star spouses around here, because you know what it you know, I know what they're going through and it's like, here's my name and number when you're ready to talk, if you want someone to talk to, like I'm here and I get it, I get what you're saying and so that has, you know... It, using this tragedy to help somebody else, you that's know, who's in the same shoes as you are.
1: Oh, that's great. Well, Teresa, thank you so much for coming on the show. And that's going to be it for this episode of Gold Star Stories. Thank you so very much. Thank you. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, I did. Well, Thanks. the story isn't a good time, but uh, the experiences and you know what your story out there is going to help a lot of people. And that's what our goal is here. So um, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys, we will see you next week for another Triple B Adventures podcast. Take care.